Chapter Five of Transition. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Transition by Emma Frances Brooke. Chapter Five. When the two returned by way of the veranda into the drawing room, they found the rector awaiting them littleton caught a brief look of expectancy in the old face that made him vaguely uncomfortable it vanished the instant the two came well within the light honora took off her wrap and tossed it aside littleton began to hurry out commonplace talk to the rector but there was fitful absence of mind in all his remarks honora's face was blanched from its brilliancy and the bubbling over of exhilaration and defiance which leslie's presence had brought her the costly dress no longer became her she got some work a piece of art embroidery by which cultured ladies show their superiority over the common uses of the needle it made leslie feel more discontented with her than ever the rector looked from one gloomy face to the other where were the red colours of the lover's paradise the swift sweet arrows of the eye his old heart ran down and his hand shook his courtship of honora's mother had been a simple delicate idol of unbroken harmony meanwhile conversation was laboured and intermittent and as often as not partook of the nature of crooked questions and crooked answers honora was for the most part silent she was too openly at variance with both men to trouble herself about social deportment for the moment moreover her sense of desperate plight was very real she sat with cold proud demeanour and an agonising lump in her throat pushing the needle in and out and hearing not leslie's commonplace remarks of the moment but echoes from the brusque truths of the garden then too she regretted her handsome dress puerilities of the kind are often more disturbing than great misfortunes and it is in effect more wretched to be wretched in a gala dress than in a commonplace morning gown she hated herself for having put the costly thing on did mr littleton suspect that it was her best her very best she hid under her skirts the fine silk stocking and embroidered shoe and hoped that mr littleton with his conspicuous feet had not remarked them littleton broke in upon the rector's mournful patter of desultory remarks with an impatient sigh and while his tongue answered with more or less of appropriateness his mind told itself that any effort to explain his position or his views to honora would be vain because the planes on which their thoughts moved were different there is no point of contact between us as far as i can see thought he she is straining towards individualism and i am striving to leave it honora had no desire to prolong her share of the evening worn out by nights of broken rest and agitated as she was she made an early excuse to retire to bed this cold feminine withdrawal had an extinguishing effect on the masculine element 
the two men sat abashed listening to the gentle rustle of her garments along the passage and when that had died away they stole furtive glances towards each other leslie whose face was all made up to remorse felt that hanging was too merciful for him the rector who had been listening for the last sound leaned forward in his chair towards his guest has she told you littleton he began in a hasty whisper my dear young friend is the door shut leslie rose softly and trod cautiously along the room to ascertain smiling as he did so at the touch of human nature yes she has told me said he as soon as he had tried the handle and returned to the hearth the rector looked at him with an unspoken but not very hopeful question in his eyes littleton shook his head mr kemble said he she does not understand the rector sighed his face was greyer and older an old wound unadmitted even by himself and long cured ached afresh at one time he had vehemently desired and asked of the lord a son to train in holy orders leslie sat down by his side the the spiritual situation is too hard for her said he i have striven to shelter her as long as it was permitted me to do so and now i am as it were handing strong meat to a babe oh said leslie rather briskly do not fear for your daughter it seems a little rough on her at first but i am quite sure she is equal to any event that may occur will carry herself well out of it his tone was a little hard capacity for failure as well as success is on occasion found to be a grace i trust that this has been no cause of offence between you said the rector hurriedly leslie fingered his beard nervously i am said he a little out of her good graces i must confess i am afraid perhaps i was too emphatic and brusque i have expressed myself mr kemble as almost passionately in sympathy with you and mind wrestles with mind returned the other yet i have had experience in her mother of the deep capacity of the female for spiritual things of an elevation of nature an insight beyond our coarser fibre i think of an angelic hand leading in constant amity my soul to higher things non sadus eloquor quid eroja me habebat animi an involuntary sigh from leslie was the only response to the rector's murmured words your sympathy and approval littleton i take as god's unlooked-for gift to me i heartily thank you for it the way is not dark it is clear and full of heavenly consolation but the human heart leaps towards human sympathy as well and he bowed his reverend head meekly towards the young man meanwhile honora had undressed and thrown herself upon her bed and then she cried helplessly and furiously they were the first bitter tears of self-pity she had ever known and they were very scalding and hateful to her moreover she was angry there was injury in her weeping a great frenchman has remarked that each individual carries with him 
more or less unconsciously a conception of his own bearing and appearance between the notion and the fact is often a disparity but there in the mind it lurks our own ideal of our person and deportment honora's unconscious picture of herself comprehended a drawing-room in which to move effectively there was always in imagination space about her and an opportunity for demeanour and now the drawing-room had gone and with it she seemed to lose sight of any recognisable self where am i where am i cried the poor girl wildly clutching the pillow with hands that for once were tremulous has it really got to happen so that i shall be nobody that i should be like everybody else that was the bitter drop to fastidious honora but she was no coward in her suffering she summoned all her pride to meet the situation and mingled some natural determination to produce a dramatic effect to startle the two traitors below with a genuine effort to see her way rightly out of the desperate fix in which she found herself now it is the commonest thing in the world for girton and newnham students upon leaving college immediately to apply for a situation it became evident to honora that this very ordinary course was precisely the one left open to her in spite of bitter anger and rebellion and in spite of the hot tears with which she bedewed her pillow during the night she had character enough to accept it resolutely one piece of consolation remained and this was not small she would by anticipating action and declaring her intention force leslie to respect and admire her and to boot make him and her father exceedingly uncomfortable by this direct evidence of the miserable straits to which they had reduced her honora's tears had their sweet commingling next morning's breakfast was an uneasy occasion littleton melton instantly before the traces which honora's sleepless night and weeping had left on her face he thought it unreasonable but he liked her infinitely better at this moment than he had at dinner last night and he ate his meal in deprecation and compunction he made haste to announce an early withdrawal of his presence honora who already before she came downstairs had slammed his likeness into a drawer and turned the key on it received the announcement with a marble face so soon she said politely raising an eyebrow the rector hastily passed him the toast after breakfast littleton was heard banging his portmanteau about in his room and was thought to be packing the sound brought a lump again to honora's throat but she got the better of it by administering a severe and untimely reproach to the housemaid which made the latter cry when littleton was heard coming downstairs she waylaid him but kept the same marble face which she had worn during breakfast littleton glanced at her guiltily and out of sheer excruciated feeling earned her additional disdain by thrusting his hands nervously into his pockets i thought you might care to know to what resolution i have come before you leave us said she littleton's eyes deepened into his kindest look i should care very much said he i ought to have said 
the resolution to which i have been forced added honora coldly i am going away yes thank you for telling me i am going to earn my own living littleton's face upon which she kept a watchful eye brightened and overflowed with some sort of feeling which she did not understand that is precisely the step which you ought to take honora said he with unfortunate directness it is the one i hoped for the one i felt sure you would choose it will be teaching of course at that moment honora hated him as she had never hated any human being before teaching of course she repeated bitterly well said the detestable young man warmly offering his hand apparently not seeing in the least why she should not be set down amongst the of courses i can only hope that great good may result to you and others from this resolution i hope it with all my heart you will i am sure let me hear what you finally decide indeed i shall be interested my old address will find me thank you said honora and littleton rather suddenly dropped the icy fingers grudgingly extended to him End of chapter five